This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get this started right with this headline. New scientific paper claims octopuses are actually aliens from outer space. That is the kind of news I want to hear about. Sit back, relax, whatever was bothering you today, this morning, this afternoon, put it behind you. For an hour, slide into a little bliss pit known as bananas. Guys, gals, non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. Uh, I'm Kurt Brownoller. I am Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast that ever was. I am back in Los Angeles. I am no longer mm-hmm. in French Polynesia. It was a wonderful time. I'm happy to have you back. Yeah, it feels good. We're in the same time zone. We're, we're three miles apart from each other. You know, we got we to start, start recording in person. I think that's our next step. We got to come on back. Let's yeah. start recording in person. I'll come yeah. sit on your deck. You come sit in my weird garage cl- yeah, filled with fine. clutter. Yeah. Um, my friend Melissa just got a used sailboat. She's real, she and her partner are really <laughs> okay. into sailing. I and love I think that. we should ask her to drive to Marina. I think we should record an episode on a sailboat. I don't know why. Are you kidding me? Of course we should. Because originally, I don't know if we... I, we think we mentioned it once many years ago, but when Scotty and I first uh, came up with the idea for the show, we recorded some test episodes that yeah. we've never released, that never mm-hmm. went anywhere, and we would mm-hmm. only record them in weird places. <laughs> and the first one we recorded was in Shaky's Pizza. So like yeah. in the background, you just hear like... Like the video games and yeah. kids screaming. Yes. Another one was recorded at the Gelson's Wine Bar. <laughs> Gelson's is a grocery store in Los Angeles <laughs> that had this great idea to put beer and wine, a bar, in the grocery store. And then you can just drink there. People watch Lakers games. People watch the Academy Awards and the Golden Globes there, yeah. very L.A. But Kurt and I sat at the end and recorded, <laughs> and they were so confused. Because not only is it yeah. weird to have a bar in a grocery store, yeah. it's weird to record a, a podcast. podcast live. But we discovered that we were holding back our enthusiasm yes. because we're too polite. Yeah. And we didn't want any to ruin anybody else's time. But we did. We recorded two pilot episodes <laughs> of Bananas to get the... And I'm glad we did it, by the way. Oh, me too. We got kind of into the vibe. I also love that that Gelson's Wine Bar inspired one of my favorite Onion headlines ever, which is a uh, mm. um, uh, bar in supermarket as actually pretty great 
happy hour deals, says man with real problem. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I went to a couple birthday parties there early on. Really? It was like, yeah, Brennan Walsh had one Oh, that's so funny. Somebody else had one, and it was just like a funny thing. All of our minds were blown that you could just go get drunk, and you're not allowed to tip. That's some weird, awful part. (gasps) You can't tip. That's so weird. I guess weird. they get paid an hourly or something, and part of the deal is you cannot tip. So, like, I've tried to like be like, I know, and then slip them a five yeah. or something, and they're like, I will get fired. Whoa! <laughs> so much, get out of here. Oh, Leave that's so crazy. Aisle two. Um. So I've been. Uh. I just. <laughs> I've been trying to. I've been trying to like exercise more. You know. Looking good. And uh, oh, hush your mouth. And, and you're sober, right? You're, uh, you haven't had a. I'm done with it. I'm done with okay. it. <laughs> wasn't 100 days. No, it was not 100 days. I did I did 31 days. I decided That's to good. just do dry January. Ooh, the Baskin um, Robbins amount. Nice. It was it was all the flavors. And um I don't know, I just kind of came out on the other end uh mm-hmm. with thinking, you know, alcohol is a net benefit for me. There you go. <laughs> it is. I'm not arguing. It I it is, you know, I I thought like I stopped. I totally like was like, "All right, now I'm resetting my relationship with alcohol. I don't want to drink every night." So now I'm like resetting it. That was a good yeah. reset. I love um, this for you. Because definitely during the choir, I just got into like, I'm oh, just boy. drinking every day, you know? Oh, walrus mode, yeah. Uh-huh. Just sitting there, drinking and yeah. lounging. Exactly. And so I wanted to make it special again. I wanted to make it a treat <laughs> again, you know? So I had to take some time off. Yes, sir. Uh, and now it's just about, you know, so anyway, I've been when you're not drinking, there's nothing to do but exercise. And, uh, and so I've been exercising, but one of the things years ago, I bought this rebounder, (laughs) which is a fancy name for a trampoline. It's just a little, a little mini Mini trampoline. Okay. And uh, so you're six foot four. I'm six. (laughs) (laughs) So it looks real small. And so I start, I start off my little like workout routine of like strength training with like Mm -hmm. ten minutes of of jumping on this trampoline. Mm -hmm. But it's not just jumping on the trampoline. Like, you're doing things. You know, you're, like, Mm -hmm. doing all these different movements. And I always just go on YouTube, and I just put in, like, rebounder 10 minutes, and I, like, look up and find different ones. And I've realized, today is the first day I realized, this guy puts out these rebounder videos, and I just realized today, it's, his his name is Dr. Mokor. (laughs) Great start. His name is Dr. Mokor. He's like a 25-year-old guy. I don't okay. think he's a real doctor. <laughs> no, uh, I don't <laughs> and he never speaks, and he okay. just bounces on a trampoline in front of a green screen of like <laughs> changing backgrounds of like a desert landscape and then like an ocean view. And nice. he and it just and that the reason I like it is that he's there's no talk. It's just jumping. He's not talking because every other trampoline video I've found on YouTube, and I've gone down a weird rabbit hole with this, is like if you watch enough of them, they it's people who think that jumping on a trampoline will solve every problem you have. Like yeah. it'll cure cancer. It'll, oh, no. it'll like it'll like it's good for your balance. It's good for your brain. It's yeah. lymphatic system. Every literally, and I just am like, I don't want to listen to you talk anymore. No. Give me Doctor Mokor just jumping in in different spaces. 
Yeah, but people love that sort of guru stuff where mm-hmm. it's like the secret to life is celery. Yeah. You have to juice it though. It's and one if you thing. don't drink it at room temperature and you're like, relax. Like it's kind of a combination of all things. I'm sure jumping <laughs> on trampolines great. Yeah. One thing it won't cure is the people that live downstairs below you are gonna hate <laughs> your guts. That will not cure that relationship. But that reminds me when the Great Course started, those first three months, I was doing yoga with Adrian. On YouTube. Every oh my God, people day. love yoga with. And my buddy Bobby was just telling me about yoga with Adrian. Her name is Adrian Mischler, and she is now, just from this conversation, bumped up to being like top three banana, I mean, bananas guest. I want to get. Oh, let's yoga do it. with Adrian. She's the coolest. Yes. I loved it. Uh, let's get Katie Levine, our wonderful producer. Let's reach out to Adrian Mischler and have her on bananas. Yoga we with had a Adrian. Yogi yet. No, we have and not had a yogi. That seems good for the banana boys. We like a good stretch. I'm in. I'm in. You want to hear this uh, story? Hit me with that news. New scientific paper claims octopuses are actually aliens from outer space. Now, this was sent Mm. in by Jessica Hemi. Thank you, Jessica. Mm. Uh, She sent in a bunch, actually. Uh, I think she's been on the podcast multiple times. Um, It was... This is... uh, this oh is from Yahoo Sports. <laughs> yeah. That's where I go for all my octopus <laughs> This was written by Joshua Hawkins, um, Ooh, wow. who, who in the business of typing yeah. is the best. And, Widely um, known as the best. This is from January 26, 2022. Octopuses are from space. I know that sounds like the opening line of a cheesy science fiction movie, Mm-mm. but it's actually the main part of the argument behind a research paper published in an actual peer-reviewed journal. The paper was published in the journal Progress in Biophysics and Molecular Biology, I'm titled, of course, are you kidding me? Titled, Cause <laughs> of the Cambrian Explosion, Terrestrial or Cosmic? The paper digs deep into the origin of life on Earth. Uh, as a result, it yeah. posits that life began thanks to a rain of retroviruses, which literally fell from space. These retroviruses then added new DNA sequences to terrestrial genomes, which the paper says further drove mutagenic change. Okay, what does that mean, Joshua? Uh, it says where things Nobody start to get knows. really interesting, though, is when the paper starts to discuss the arrival of cephalopods. The paper itself claims that certain cephalopods like octopuses, squid and others arri- <laughs> arrived on the planet by falling from space, frozen in a kind of stasis. And this is a quote from the paper. Thus, the possibility that cryopreserved squid and or octopus eggs arrived in icy bolides several hundred million years ago should not be discounted, the paper reads. The authors of the paper say that octopus and other creatures benefit from biological features that appear to have been derived from some type of pre-existence. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. This is, it's insane. It is. And I like was like, is this, is this real? And then I, baloney. And so I started looking it up. And the first article I found, uh, was from LiveScience.com that says, no, octopuses don't come from outer space. I believe that to be true. Uh, but they don't really have a very, like, it's essentially like, it's like a guess. It's essentially these, these doctors, and I'm sure Dr. Mokor is one of the doctors on this paper. Yeah, um, bouncing around. <laughs> bouncing around. Hey, uh, let's do one on octopi from space, guys. Doing, 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 doing. Uh, and also, this is a paper of 33 authors publishing in a peer-reviewed paper. I mean, like, it, it's kind of crazy. So yeah, I would say so. This is the only reason they say it's not true, 
in li- on LiveScience.com. They're lying. <laughs> is basically they're saying uh, that this retrovirus would have to be, this retrovirus that's, that fell from space, there were already squids on the Earth, and mm. the, the paper is saying that this retrovirus came in possibly and altered uh, the squid DNA to then mm-hmm. make it into an octopus. Um, and they're saying, well, well, does that sound realistic in the fact that the, a retrovirus has to be specifically made to interact specifically with a specific type of DNA? Okay. Um, and so it doesn't seem very likely that it just so happens that squid retroviruses are dropping down onto Earth. But also, as that quote that uh, I read earlier, they, they're saying that fucking squid and octopus eggs arrived in icy bolides. So I don't know. It, yeah. The proof I'm, is in the pudding. The on proof. This one. The proof is in the pudding. I'm gonna say I'm going for the fact that I, I I'm in I'm in support of octopi being from space, and I'm gonna keep calling them octopi. Yeah, because yeah, now we're allowed to call them octopuses after mm-hmm. all the goody two shoe kids that had perfect attendance our whole lives are like, actually, it's octopi. It's cacti. <laughs> it's oxen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that I went to the Baltimore Zoo once when, in my early twenties. It's a very good zoo. Great zoo. And I, was, and I was going with a friend at the time. I guess I was just home for whatever reason. It was like, let's go to that zoo. And it was fun. You know, you're like look, looking at zoo animals. You're having a good time. But I noticed this family near the otters. Uh, and they were like, the kids were just everywhere. It was one of those things where like maybe even it was grandma was watching her grandkids. But like these kids were having the greatest day of their life. And I was kind of clocking them the whole time. How old are you at or, the time? I'm 22. Okay probably and but just a funny group of kids and the youngest one was this like probably five or six year old and he climbs up this like rubber tree stump that's like a a, it's there to be climbed on and i'm like this kid's funny and then his whole family keeps walking and he's looking out over the whole zoo like having a moment like like he's up on the top Uh of the ship mast looking out and then he looks behind him and his family had left and then he sees my friend and i walking up and he, you could feel he had this impulse to yell something. And so he just yells, get money. So he yells, get money, um, <laughs> which I just start cracking up laughing right away. So then I said to my friend, I was like, we're following this family yeah, the rest yeah, of the yeah. day. She was like, deal. So <laughs> the little get money kid where there's a giant tree with snakes in um in like aquariums so you kind of go in this old fake tree and you look around and there's this weird kind of snake and this weird kind of toad and and we go around and this one snake is eating a mouse they had just fed it so it's got half a mouse in its mouth hell yeah this little kid go "Ooh, you nasty (laughs) (laughs) and so i was like i'm telling you you gotta follow this kid so we're following the rest of the day and then we kind of lose and we got to go do our own thing but then we go to like the barnyard farm area and we came up and there was some animal that had big feet and this kid just looks at it turns around like crosses his arms he's like why are your feet so big and like jog away i was like this kid's gonna be the number one comedian in 15 years oh. it was the funniest best day at the zoo i've ever had just a comment machine kid that would run away after i should have been a stand-up that just said a punchline just ran off stage every time <laughs> I love it. I mean, like that's. Uh, I mean, like it. It hits everything I like, which is uh, roasting animals. Yes, uh, and children doing it. <laughs> it was the best. Uh, and that, I'm so happy you told a story about the Baltimore Zoo because this story weirdly reminded me of 
Baltimore Science Museum yeah, in the Science Inner Center. Harbor, the Science yeah. Center. They had an IMAX there, and this was before IMAX were. This is in the or, you know mid nineties before IMAX were everywhere. They were only yeah, at they science sold centers. Out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> before they sold out their 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 ideals, and then Got went everywhere. Corporate. So they only showed science movies, and mm-hmm. I have looked, and I think maybe I've talked about this before. I don't care. I have looked for this movie. Uh, okay. Online to see if it exists or if I can see it, and I and I have never been able to find it. It was and if someone, I, I'm positive I didn't. So okay. if anyone ever went to the uh, Inner Harbor Science mm-hmm. Center in, in the mid '90s and saw this IMAX movie that was all about beavers, and I think it's the reason well, I was, was obsessed with beavers. beavers. It was called Beavers. Yeah, I've seen it. You saw it. Oh, for sure, many times. That oh. Beavers was a hit. Baby. Beavers was crazy because yeah. it was. For those of you who have not seen it, this science center was. You know, it's like it. It's like four or five stories tall. Huge. That's how big huge. the image is. Yeah, it's cool. And they got a can. They got a fucking IMAX camera inside the den of mm-hmm. a family of beavers, and then you like mm-hmm. watched it over the years. We you like watched beavers transform like a tiny valley into this huge lake. Yeah, uh, beavers over like ten years or something. It's like the the most amazing movie I've ever seen, and. They have, and I was, I was 18, 19 years old. I just started going to college in Baltimore. We got really yeah. stoned, and we went to watch the IMAX movie mm-hmm. and watch this Beavers shit thing. Yeah. I was so obsessed. There is a scene, and I, I, I swear to God this is there, where the Beavers bone, and it's like boning Beavers, three and a half stories tall, mm-hmm. just for like a, a like a thirty seconds to a minute, just yeah. humping beavers. It's a lot with a you're watching with a bunch of families. Yes, <laughs> and it was just me, very stoned, watching these beavers <laughs> fuck while all these children are all around me, and I'm like, oh, what are oh, we man. doing? What's happening right now? Yeah, and I've I would love to I would I would love to watch that. Bring it back. Bring Let's get beavers back to Baltimore. Yes. Bring beavers back to Baltimore. The Banana Boys are pro beaver. We want beavers (laughs) back in Baltimore. I would love, or there must be an IMAX out here now. Maybe we can make some calls. Uh, We got to get beavers back in the IMAX. I love to, I want a shirt that says, the Banana Boys want beavers back in Baltimore. (laughs) Done. We can, if you have a screen printing company, you heard it here. Rewind it 30 seconds. Banana Boys want beavers back in Baltimore. Um... That's I'm the name. Large. That is the name of this There's episode. The name of the epi. Yeah, that one. It's funny. I once looked up IMAX. I was like, "How do they do this?" Yes, How I want to know. Cameras. Yes. How? So the cameras are huge, and here's the big secret: bigger film. <laughs> <laughs> so normal films, what sixteen millimeters? Yeah. Small films, eight millimeters. It's like we use twenty-four millimeter film. It's just bigger film, so it's higher def, and I'm sure the camera lets in more light or whatever. But it, well, I was like, there must be magic involved in this. This is yeah. This is too good to be true. Yeah, beavers. We want beavers back in the IMAX. Let's try to get it in LA. But if not, we're, we're going to push on the Maryland Science Center to get this done. It's yeah. So. Awesome. I'm glad you remember that. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. And we got we to set up a show for Baltimore. And speaking of shows, guys, uh, remember that we are, we are oh, we coming. Got big ones. We got Portland. We got San Francisco. We got mm. Vancouver. We got Come Tacoma. Out. We got Austin for the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Go to, go to the, our Instagram page on our profile 
and get some tickets and come see us. It's going to be yeah. so much fun. Tacoma's our early show on the 19th. It's 4.30. It's the early bird special. Come get day drunk with the Banana Boys. It's going to be so uh, fun. Special guest, Jessica Dobson from Deep Sea Divers coming out. She's going to be our guest. She might rock out a little bit. I don't know. We're oh, it's going to be find so fantastic. Time. It's going to be a great time in Tacoma. And Vancouver, you're representing the entire nation of Canada. That's a thing. Like if if we can't if we can't sell this Vancouver show out, who knows yeah. if we can go to other parts of Canada? We might be writing the Great White North off. We might be out. <laughs> it's Vancouver or bus of so British Columbia. Call your friends in Whistler. Text your friends in Calgary. They'll get it. They'll put down their oil money and begrudgingly take the train. We know not everybody in Canada loves Vancouver, but come on out, see the Banana Boys. Tickets are selling really fast, actually. But you represent your nation. This is your Olympic Games. Thank you. Here we go. Throw in shapes. Throw in underscore shapes underscore sent this in. Okay. Veteran uses fortune cookie numbers to win $4 million in North Carolina lottery. Oh, hell yeah. I've always wanted to do that. Those lucky numbers. This was written by a very adorable writer named, and I only say that because her picture, she looks like the friendliest person in the world. <laughs> She's the best in the beeswax. She's Nicole Del Rosario for WSLS.com. But uh, it was everywhere. I actually just picked this one because I thought Nicole looked like a very jolly person. Mecklenburg County, North Carolina. All right. Never heard of that one. I don't know about you, but when I open up a fortune cookie, I throw the tiny piece of paper away after reading it. Oh, come Thankfully, on. Oh, relax, Nicole. You do not. <laughs> you have a little jar that you keep on your nightstand and keep all your wishes and fortunes and dreams. <laughs> Thankfully, for one North Carolina man, he chose to use his fortune cookie to win his own fortune. See, she's good. Yep. Mm-hmm. Gabriel Fierro, a retired master sergeant who spent 32 years in the Army, bought a $3 Mega Millions lottery ticket and turned it into $4 million, according to the North Carolina Lottery. Usually they do the lottery every week. Uh, Fierro and his wife dined at a Chinese restaurant called the Red Bull. The Red Bull in Charlotte. Love it. Interesting name. Why do you think you would name a... Why would... What's Red Bull? I don't understand. Red Bull? B-O-W-L? Yeah, Yeah, like a cereal bowl. Rice bowl? Uh, I, I get guess it. it's Chinese restaurant. I don't know. Red. Red is red is China. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I should have saw that. Um, <laughs> they had dinner at a Chinese restaurant called the Red Bowl. Maybe it's that combination of red and bowl. Um <laughs> Uh, where he nabbed a prize-winning fortune cookie. Quote, I don't usually play my fortune cookie numbers, but I tried one on a whim, Fierro told the Wait North a Carolina second. Lottery. What? He doesn't normally play the lottery? Well, he plays the lottery. Oh, he doesn't? He doesn't oh, play okay. fortune cookie numbers. Right, okay. So he used the lucky numbers included with the fortune, bought his ticket online. The veteran was able to match all five white balls to win uh, $1 million, but then the prize quadrupled to $4 million since he bought the Mega Plier. You gotta buy the Mega Plier <laughs> edition, Kurt. <laughs> you gotta buy the Mega Plier. If it's a made-up word, you gotta have it. You gotta have Boom. a Mega Plier. Uh, I got an email in the morning, and I just stared at it. I was dumbfounded, said Fierro, which is so real. I took it and showed it to my wife, and she thought it was an April Fool's joke or maybe some sort of scam, which is so... I would think it was a scam instantly. Yeah, of course. Of She's course. a smart lady. Once the reality of their situation hit, Fierro said he and his wife started running around the house excitedly, which is great. I, I would that. be running around, too. He collected his prize on Thursday, and after... The, the taxes were taken by Uncle Scam. He took home 
two million eight hundred forty thousand. Yeah, forty thousand wow. dollars after federal and state wow. estate tax withholdings. I mean, congratulations to a wonderful vet, Gabriel. Just enjoy it. Two point eight. A boat. What do you? Yeah. What do you do with two point eight million dollars? Oh man. Well, that's good. I would definitely pay all of my family's mortgages and colleges and all that stuff off first. Uh-huh. I would wipe. I would even the playing field for the people I love most. Yep. I would donate a pretty penny to a few causes, and then I would probably. Uh, I'd probably try to buy a, a really cool house where nobody could ever find me and invite all my friends to live there for until I ran out of money. So, two years. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I want to do it. I don't I'd know. buy a house. Yeah, I would probably buy a house. I would probably buy a house in like a place that I've always wanted to live, like yeah. Hawaii or something like that. Pretty cool. And yeah, and yeah. I would do all the stuff you said too. I would, I would well, take care of everybody. Score for everybody there. in your life, everybody that you love, you got to just put yeah. everybody in the black. Once everybody's in the black, you just feel the weight of uh, dread right. lift off all your friend group, and then it's a party. Then yeah. you tap a couple cakes. I might actually <laughs> drink a beer. I'm so happy about this. Day. Yeah. Um, I don't think I told this. Story okay, before, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready. When I was when I was a young pup, when I was mm-hmm. a young banana. Uh, I used to be great at dunking booths, like throwing Mm. the balls. Like I would say in my life from when I'm about three years old until the last time I did it, probably (laughs) in my my tween years, probably Uh Uh 13-ish, I probably... I'm probably eight for eight at dunking booths. (laughs) You you did a dunking booth when you were three? I think that they made fun of me. He was just like a clown. And my dad lifted me over the wall because I couldn't uh-huh. see over the wall. And I hit him on the first pitch and knocked <laughs> him into the water. I'm almost, I mean, I can remember every time just having a little bit of an attitude and be like, oh, yeah. And so I would just, you know, I'm knocking him down left and right. Also, at some point, <laughs> if there's ever a big podcast festival invited, let's just we got to do a dunking booth. booth. Oh, my God. Salt people and have them throw bananas at us. Oh, we should do that for Austin, maybe. Just set yeah, it up on, a, on the sidewalk. That would be fun. Yeah. Um, so there was this moment I was, it was one of those weird times in your life where you realize you're no longer a little kid. Uh-huh. You know, like like Christmas doesn't mean the same thing or you're like too big to go on certain thing. You just, your parents can't carry you in when you're asleep in your car anymore. You're, yeah. you're not a kid anymore. So we were on Nantucket. I have an aunt and uncle and some cousins that live out there. And they had a carnival. And so I go and I knock I knock a guy down in the dunking booth <laughs> almost right off the bat just to get, just to get just a warm part up. of the night over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? But then, like, everybody, we all went. I was the youngest kid at that point, so they all went for me, but then I was kind of too old for a carnival. Like, carnival's uh-huh. for kids. You get your face painted, you make sand sculpture, you you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, well, like, you're too old, and then you become, and then it's you're back into it. Like, when you're, like, 15, because you're, just, like, smoking cigarettes behind, I like, the tilt-a-whirl. I cannot wait to go with you and your fam to a carnival. <laughs> yeah, like, as adults, it's so fun. Um so my parents like had bought, I don't know, 20 tickets for rides or whatever. And then I was like, all these rides are for kids. It's a little caterpillar uh-huh. going in circles, whatever. So there was a tilt-a-whirl. Yeah. Classic tilt-a-whirl. Classic. One, it is a, it, it divides the kids who puke from the kids who don't puke real fast. So I was by myself. My parents didn't want to get on. My aunt and uncle didn't want to get on. My cousins were way too small. So I get on the tilt-a-whirl. And they, because it's me by myself, they put me on with two other people. 
And so if so for people who are not American who are listening to this, tilt a whirl, I'm I'm assuming it's called something different in the UK, but it spins, yeah. right? Yeah. Centrifugal force holds you to the wall and then it goes up in the air so that you're going no, like not that. No, so not, not that, that one. one. So these are the ones that it's sort of like an uneven surface and then you sit in these kind of like clamshell looking things and then the the thing you sit in rotates and then the whole thing rotates. So as you go around, you're revolving and rotating. So it kind of whips you around and it's really fun. And, um, there used to be one at Redondo pier. And could you, could you spin it with like the center control, like spin it with the thing? Have that. Right. Sometimes they do that. This one was just hold on to your butts. Here we go. Okay. And you were like, and what were you seated? Were you seated in a, a seat that like is just for you or was it just like a plastic bench next to people? Great question yeah so i'm 11 i think i'm 11 um maybe 12 and i walk on and they were like solo rider i'm like yes and they're like come here they put me on on the far side of this curved bench is a jamaican man Uh probably in his 40s okay uh they have summer workers that come up from the caribbean to and they work all the different stores and stuff in nantucket so it's a dreadlocked man in his 40s then in between that guy and me is a pudgy little like seven or eight year old looks so New England, like looks like a little Kennedy, just like a rosy cheeked, <laughs> plump little boy <laughs> who is scared to death. Uh-huh. And then me. So then I sit down and they drop the little safety bar and I'm on one side, the Jamaican man's on the other side and this little nervous kid and then it starts going the music plays and we're just going around and it speeds up and we're like spinning faster and the little kid is like i want to get off he won instantly but they can't hear you and people are cheering and there's uh-huh. other things going on the guy at the dunking booth still cursing me out that damn kid and the jamaican man like i don't know what to say i'm a child so the yeah. jamaican man just starts singing he starts <gasps> singing uh, if i'm lying i'm dying yeah. to make the kid feel better Yes, oh. he sings, and I'm, this is not me making up a single word of this. He goes, the tilt a world don't go that fast, don't worry, man. Over and over and over for the full three-minute ride. What? The tilt a world don't go that fast, don't worry, man. And I think he was... <laughs> so I'm watching him. This kid is just turning green. And as soon, the second, so the way it works too is it slows down, but then you keep spinning. Like it yeah. doesn't have a break. So they have to wait for you to, to stop, stop moving and then they unlock you. The second that security bar drops up, that Jamaican guy and I were on our feet and walking away. That kid's parents come running past us because they were like, this is bad. So I like go down two stairs and I look and this poor little kid, this little Ted Kennedy takes like three steps and just barfs uh, and starts crying. Uh, <laughs> and I look at the Jamaican guy. Guy. My parents are like, oh, that's too bad. And the Jamaican guy just shrugs and just walks off into the <laughs> night. He's like, I did all I could do on this one. <laughs> probably the most uh the probably the most cultural thing that's ever happened on Nantucket, actually. <laughs> oh man, I love that. I love that man so much. He was so sweet. And he was just like, I don't know how, but he just was. Yeah, just singing over and over and over. I mean, what I else mean, are you going to do? Be a club song. What else are you going to do? There is no, there is nothing to do for the the seven year old on the tilt a whirl. Yeah, also, I thought I was going to get it. What a crazy thing that I thought the tilt a whirl was. What is the name of the thing that spins and then goes up that's, in the air? That's like the shows I, in different places. That's they have called different, different things, different names, right? Sometimes yeah. it's like a it looks like a spaceship. Yeah, um, that thing's fun though. I that love thing that is thing. fun. 
I we had one on Workaholics once uh, where the guys got in and uh, we had a woman playing an exotic dancer and then the three guys and they shot inside of a real one a gravitron is what it's called right where the floor drops off that's yeah, the, where the floor spin. drops out yeah all of them threw up including the camera what? crew and what? the director Adam Newacek barf too except the woman who played the exotic dancer who was an actual dancer so she got off and was just like you guys are weak <laughs> she was just like but like Adam's falling over Blake pukes instantly Anders is feeling sick and yeah the whole production crew throws up and then this one woman walks up like you guys are soft oh man I can't wait to go. I spent so much time at theme parks as a kid by myself you know because I was just like you know only child and I just would just go on rides by myself and I have a deep I think I have a deep love for love like them. theme park rides and I have not been to one since I was probably 12 years old. I have not been to a theme oh. park. We're going to go to Disneyland for Olive's uh, fifth birthday. Good idea. Because um, you got to. You got to. And, it's a great uh, age for her. It'll, it'll be, be fascinating to see. I've heard either that it's very nice uh, and that it's a nightmare. So uh, looking forward to finding out which Big it is corn for dogs. me. I'm going to eat corn dog dogs. action there. But also the Super Bowl's in L.A. next weekend. I know. You could go to Six Flags. It will be empty on Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, my God. That's so smart. Maybe I will. Um, all right. Are you ready for this? Hit me with one. Tease and then us we'll into take sweet, a sweet, break. sweet advertisements. And then we'll take a break. Man mm-hmm. discovers dozens of underground tunnels, part of his home's shocking past. I love it. Let's get into some holes where they don't belong <laughs> when we come back on Bananas. We are back, Yes, folks. we are. Scott, you got any shout-outs? I do have some shout-outs, and I really am going to pop a beer. This is a great one. Happy 92nd birthday to Grandma Georgia. Oh. Grandma Gigi, maybe our oldest and most beloved bananimal. This is from Rocco Stangler, which is the best the name I've best ever heard. name. Rocco Stangler. Grandma Gigi, her birthday, 2-22-22, a great birthday. What? That's my birthday. I know. It's all twos this year, Grandma. It's that all twos, Grandma Stangler. Grandma Stangler, Gigi, uh, your banana of the week. Here's to another 92 years. Happy birthday. Shout out to the security team, Kurt, at Sweetwater Sound in Fort Wayne, Indiana. We love that Fort Wayne, Indiana. Sold out our show in Fort oh, Wayne, hell Indiana. Hell yeah. To Derek and Madison specifically. This is from Sophia Torres. Kurt and I had a lovely lunch in Fort Wayne at the Friendly Fox. It was very good. So congratulations to that wonderful security team at Sweetwater Sound. I cannot believe you remember the name of the place we had lunch in Fort Wayne. Your mind is amazing, Scotty. <laughs> it was good, though, wasn't Your it? mind is amazing. Um, 
And then happy birthday to Mariah Barrett from your sister, Nicole. They seem like very nice ladies. And they're coming to the early bird special show in Tacoma. So yes, we'll yes, see yes. you there. Prepare to drink with the banana boys. Early birds. Man, I, yeah, we should. Uh, I would love to have a, an, a bird costume to come on stage with. I'm going to look that. I'm going to try and find a baby bird costume. A yellow bird costume. I want, but I don't want just a bird costume. I want a bird costume and it's just come out of the egg. So like the top part's a bird, bottom part's an egg. That's very funny. So, I would be laughing. I would be laughing. A baby bird? Yeah, come on now. Baby bird whiskey in the mouth. <laughs> All right. I have two more. Um, happy birthday to Jennifer. I think this is from your sister. I believe her name is Alex. It's February 23rd. She might be having a birthday, uh, excuse me, a baby on her birthday. Wow. My mom and sister have the same birthday, so wow. it happens. My parents, uh, my mom and sister are pretty great people, so good luck, Jennifer. <laughs> Hope it's everybody's healthy and happy, and it's a big well, not too big, but a normally big-sized baby. And finally, got to send some bananas love to Shay McSorley from Izzy McSorley. We will see you two COVID survivors at our early bird Tacoma show with, like I said, Jessica Dobson, maybe Kurt in an egg costume. I got a new velour suit with rhinestones on it. What? On a, I what? did. I found it. It's from Australia. I ordered it two days ago to make sure it gets here. Wait, you have a yellow suit now? I have a yellow track suit. Oh, a track suit. Rhinestones okay. from the shoulders to the ankles. But I got to up my yellow is... suit game. I got to up my yellow suit game. Oh, I bought many. I'm I'm going to be the Elton John of podcasting. All right. Anyways, those are all our shout outs for me. Uh, nothing. I'm just getting right into this story here. Okay, let me grab a beer. All right, you, sweet. You start. I'm listening. Here he goes. Man discovers dozens of underground tunnels, part of his home's shocking past. This was sent in. Uh, by the legendary Copy Haste. Thank you, Copy Haste. This was in the New York Post because who are you going to go to when it's just an article summing up a TikTok? That is, it's the New York Post. They, they do the best summing up of TikTok videos. No doubt about it. Out yes. there. This was written by the wonderful Mary Kay Jacob, who does more than wow. just sum up TikToks. She gives it a little bit more information. Here it is. If you're wondering where the real Chamber of Secrets lies, this might be it. Interesting tie-in to... Okay. Uh, 23-year-old property developer. A 23-year-old property developer. Yeah, relax. Style it back, bud. A 23-year-old property developer. Mm. I'm already angry at him. From Sussex, England, was looking through old-time photos. Uh, The term is old-timey photos. Mary. Old-time photos. I don't think old-time photos is even a, a way to say that. Old-timey yeah, is. Media mist in the biz. Old-time photos of his family's 500-year-old estate when he noticed something peculiar. Freddie Goodall, the 23-year-old property developer, observed a doorway in the library of the 16th century home okay. when he realized he couldn't see the same doorway in the room. Now he banned to do some digging. In the video, Goodall is seen clearing the books off the shelf. He realized that the door in the photo... Uh, in the current room, was there was a bookshelf there. So he clears off some books off the shelf, removing the screws on a wooden panel and lifting the panel away, astonished to find a dark, empty room behind the mantel. Oh, this led no. Goodall to notice another panel on the floor, which he then lifts to discover a secret passageway leading to underground rooms. Wow, this guy loves lifting secret panels. <laughs> this guy's obsessed. But Scotty, his adventure doesn't stop there. All right. Say what? Goodall spots a ladder in one of the underground tunnels, which he climbs 
this guy is just like I'm going into the, yeah. the he doesn't care. He's like I I develop property. I'm 23 years old. I yes. definitely didn't get into this because my family has money. I just I'm a property developer. I'm 23 yeah, I'm years all old. Smart. Yep. Uh, only to find a larger room f- above filled with cobwebs, dust, and a wasp's nest. Goodall eventually realizes he's in a rabbit hole when the room leads to another passageway and directs him to a basement two other secret rooms, another corridor with stairs and several wow. other passageways. Wow. Uh, here, so then there's a, there's a safe that he breaks into. Sudden, he's a, Who he's is a, this guy? He's a <laughs> safe like the, cracker? Is this Tom Holland in Uncharted? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he finds books dating from 1848 with information about the property. This is pretty cool, though. I mean, that's pretty cool. This is pretty, and it's like it's like rooms upon rooms upon rooms. And here's yeah. the best part: in the 1900s, the home was said to have been used as an educational institution, and Goodall located old school books and desks used at the time. Ooh, I yeah. mean, like think about that. That's the this always any children items in a scary, abandoned area is super scary and creepy. Not cool. Um, see, this is a quote from him. I believe there were several passages that ran under the house. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, sounds like it. Anyway, there's the vi- the video is there. It's that's all. He just found a whole bunch of different rooms. There's the end of the story. That's cool. I like that kind of exploring. I they love that. it. Where I grew up, uh, there was an. It's a National Guard base now. Uh, I think it's called Camp Fredard now. But before that, it was a defunct and closed school for bad girls. <laughs> I swear to God, it's called Montrose. Uh huh. And we could we had a bunch of fishing ponds and stuff back there. So as a kid, we'd walk in the woods, we'd go fishing, we'd ride bikes, and we I explored every single inch of this campus. I mm-hmm. mean, everything that you could. They had old science labs with old oh, wow. Florence flasks and Erlenmeyer oh, flasks. Oh no and way! Hydrochloric acid, like it was all. Uh, neutralized. This has been like 30 years later. But then you would go into the old dormitories and the old classrooms. And I remember there was this one room where they had hooks on the wall where they used to hang switches or whatever, I guess, to hit the girls. <gasps> but it, and then in one of the bedrooms, it said, fuck you, Mrs. White. Oh, and, I love that. That's amazing. But we used to snoop around. And then we would, um, this is totally insane to say, but we would take the old fluorescent bulbs. Yeah. Uh, they were dead. They're and then so we, fun. there was an old well, and we used to just throw them as hard as we yep. could so they would explode. You know, good old fashioned redneck. That, that pop is so satisfying. Oh, God, it's satisfying. But we, we would play tag in the woods too at night. We'd play flashlight tag, and one time somebody found a book bag from a girl that made a run for it and they must have caught her but it had like notebooks oh wow yeah it was really cool and i think it was probably from the 60s i don't remember that detail but yeah we lived near basic no wonder i write horror movies now i lived walking distance to a waking horror movie my entire childhood um well this that reminds me and this whole story reminds me of um i used to have a podcast yeah um and it was called the k the k hole um, and then it was a multi-format podcast. And mm-hmm. so one of the formats was called Get Lost. And you can oh. go listen to this right now if you wanted to. Yes. But Get Lost where, is where I would take comedians, I would blindfold them, put them in my car, and then drive them somewhere they've never been. And then they had to like figure out where they were and how they would get home. Okay. Uh, I remember this well. And uh, and there is, a, there is one... Um, Podcast that I did originally with Rory Scovel, who's Love a very Rory funny Scovel. comedian, where I blindfolded him and I took him to this place called LA 88, um, <laughs> which is what's called a 
a Nike nuclear missile silo uh, just outside of Los Angeles. So there used to be mm-hmm. all of these, um, during the Cold War, they had all of these, what are called Nike missiles, that were like set up, that were like nuclear missiles that were supposed to be like very, very fast, the fastest yeah. ones they had, so that they could defend like Los Angeles from a nuclear war or whatever. Yeah. And so it's just, and it's like, you can go to it. I don't know. This was this was many years ago. This was probably eight eight years ago, yeah, nine years ago. Yeah, you can drive ago. to it. It's near Calabasas. It's and pretty it's, close. It's pretty amazing. So then Scotty and I yeah. made a pilot for Get Lost that never yes. went anywhere, sadly. Um, Bring where it back. It's we it's such a great idea. We did it with Grace Helbig yes. and I blindfolded her and drove her to the the nuclear missile silo, yeah. the abandoned one in Santa Clarita. And then we actually climbed down. Yeah. She and I climbed down inside this abandoned nuclear missile silo and yeah, it, was it was like crazy. amazing. There was like one room where there was three yeah. cots three and it was like bed, three right. bunk yeah, yeah. beds because it was they were all on eight hour shifts and it was manned twenty four hours a day because Crazy. they had to be ready to like launch nuclear missiles at Russia at any moment. So it's yes. like two guys would sleep and then one guy would work and then another guy the other one would sleep. I mean, so crazy. When we got there, it, we shot it in one day. Funny or Die made it, which was cool. And then when we got there, there was security because it's still like yeah. it's former military property so we get down there and they were like here's where you can go here's where you can't go and so there were a bunch of buildings above ground yeah and so we're walking around we're going in there and they're creepy because all the power's out and stuff but then we just got away from the security team at some point and we were standing outside this hatch and like the hatch opened and there was a ladder that went i don't know what would you say, 45 feet down? At least 40 or 50 feet down. So it was, it was like- One of the longest ladder climbs I've ever done in my life. And because and you're also descending, you're holding a like a headlamp, or like you have yes. a headlamp on, and you're just descending into pitch blackness. And it's just oh, hand over hand on this ladder yeah. over and over. Right. And you kind of like can't see the bottom it until so you cool. get to the bottom of it. So it's the camera so guys get down there. And the thing about making TV, all of us, all you listeners have probably a great idea for a TV show, reality show, scripted mm-hmm. show, whatever. But every network, when you shoot a TV show, they're like, well, it has to have an end. It has to go somewhere. Yeah. It can't just be Kurt walking around with a funny person, endless. Like it has to build to something. On yeah. Man versus Food, they eat the biggest burrito. Yeah, um, yeah. So Kurt and Grace go down in this, and where a nuclear missile used to be, <laughs> and we're like exploring. It. And they literally, there is a place where there is an elevator. So it's like a giant missile-sized elevator. It's probably yeah. like a hundred feet long mm-hmm. and like probably like 20 feet wide. Yeah. And that is literally where like the, 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 the roof would open and then uh, it would raise up the, they would raise the missile up like horizontally. And then it would like get up into a firing Insane. position. Like so yes. crazy. And we were just goofing off <laughs> <laughs> and we had a, and the whole point of it was to like leave something unexpected and like beautiful for someone else to find. Right, our original unexpected banana, basically. Yeah, and what was that, Scotty? Well, in that room with the old worn out cots <laughs> and bunk beds, we hung a paint a framed painting of a duck. <laughs> For no reason at all. As far as you and I know, it's still down in there. I know. I don't know if anybody else has been down in there. We wanted someone like who's doing urban exploration to one day go down there and be like, wow, this is where they must have stayed. Why is there a painting of a duck? <laughs> 
Oh man, you guys should really and if like if you have a chance, that 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 video, I wish I still had it. It's you know, it's probably somewhere in Funny or Die's archives or yeah. something. Um, but yeah, it never went anywhere. Yeah, let me see if I could find that because at this point, let's just release it. Let's, let's just release it. I mean, yeah, it would really be I'll fun. Email Joe or Mike over there and be like, guys, can we have this back because we just want to show it. Yeah, and they'll probably be like, do you guys want to take it out again? Yeah, I would take it out. Heck yeah, I totally get lost take with it you out. and me where we just take people and get lost and in, in blindfold people and drive them to the middle of nowhere and show them abandoned things. I mean, that sounds perfect. I mean, I'm green lighting it as I'm saying. <laughs> but yeah, you can go and listen to the, the old podcast, The K-Hole, Get Lost. Uh, the ones with, uh, yeah, with Kyle Kinane, I think I Very take. Good. that's That one's a good one. The one with mm-hmm. uh, Dan St. Germain, I take him to the devil's, this like devil's hole, this like cave outside of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Amazing. Um, and uh, of course with Rory Scovel, where I take him to the LA-88. You guys should go listen to them. They're, they're maybe, yeah, I never edited funny. them. I never edited them and they're incredibly long. And so maybe it's boring at times, but then, you know, just fast forward to the reveal. It's pretty fun. I love that. I say yes. I uh, will email Funnier Die tomorrow. I'm drinking a beer curd from Twin Elephant, by the way. It's oh, yes. Mosaic. They're so good. Jersey. Twin Elephant. They came out to the Brooklyn show. Buddies with Edmund Hawkins. Thank you for the beer. It is delicious. It is. I, I drank a banana, a banana Ooh, yeah. malt, like oh, a very one? dark one, and it was Ooh, very delicious. Yeah, that one was cool. That one was so big you could curl it. That it was, was, like it was intense. It was, yeah, 30 ounces maybe. I don't know. Scotty, give me another story. Lindsay, hello, underscore Kulo, K U L O. I hope that is your last name. That is a very cool last name. A Kulo last name. Um, and I will. Oh, BBC, Kurt. Okay, from this the is BBC, from British Broadcasting Company, I guess, or corporation. That's what or it stands for. Probably. I thought it was boobs, boobs, cocks. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've ever seen the programming, it is written by Richard Fisher, who is uh, the best in the business. Dick Fisher. Dick Fisher. Be careful out there. The icy village where you must remove your appendix to live there. Did you see this one? <laughs> this is awesome. I saw the headline. I have not read it. This is awesome. So here, so there's a, a village where you have to, in order to be able to live there, you uh-huh. have to get your appendix removed, your appendices, okay. your appendi, whatever okay. it's called, your octopi. There's a settlement in Antarctica with a school, a post office, and a huddle of homes. It's like other sub-zero villages, except for one thing. Families must have surgery in order to move in. Wow. Pretty cool. This is crazy. So wait, I didn't even know that there was villages in Antarctica. I thought it was just yeah. research stations. There is a documentary called Antarctica Year on the Ice that I rec- I think it won the Academy Award, but uh-huh. everybody if you like a slow documentary, it's a, it basically has a camera team that stays down there and there's some people that are year-rounders and then there are a lot of people that come down sort of for the summer season, but it's it's very fascinating. Okay. I highly recommend that documentary. Any toots. But isn't the summer season in Antarctica just like 30 degrees? Yeah. So okay. there's a whole bunch of people that come in on planes, and they're like, you know, they work. There's people that work cafeterias. There are people that teach. There are people that do science experiments. There's people that, like, you basically have a little society come, and then, then like, all 70% of them leave. And the people that stay over the year, it's like dark 24 hours a day. It's so freezing cold. The ice comes through the doors and the walls. Whoa. It's intense. And then they have this thing that is either called T1 or T3. 
Uh-huh. It's one of those terms, and it's a psychological condition where when you're so isolated and you see the same thing every day, it's basically what a lot of people went through a couple years ago. You start to like you start talking and then you just stop talking. You get disoriented really easily. Oh, like wow. you basically your brain starts to like detach in this way where and it's just it's from pure isolation and being so far from everything and everyone. Wow. And everybody in the interviews at the first they're like, Yeah, it's cool down here. This is my seventh year doing it. And by the end, they're talking about food a lot. They're oh, like, I just can't yeah. wait to eat a banana. I uh-huh. can't wait to eat like and any fresh fruits or vegetables because they just don't have that stuff. Anyways, I don't know why I'm promoting this 10-year-old documentary <laughs> so hard. I love it. I'm you, in. I'm in. <laughs> I get passionate about things like this. Any dudes. Here it is. Imagine you had to have your uh, appendix removed to live in your hometown. I'm imagining it. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Got it. I don't know why we have it. Proof evolution isn't yeah. real. Oh, um, <laughs> I guess it's probably the other way. Proof creationism isn't real. It's an organ <laughs> we don't need. Um, everyone figuratively leaves a part of themselves behind during a move. However, to move this Antarctica town requires prospective residents to literally have their appendix removed before settling there. That's right. An appendix Dectomy is one of the few prerequisites for everyone, including the children, to live in. This is a very Antarctica sounding name. To live in Vilas Las Estrellas. Vilas Las Estrellas, one of two civilian settlements on the frozen continent where oh. people can reside for years instead of weeks or months. Uh, located in Chile's Frey or Free Base. I, I'm going to go with Frey here. Uh, on King George Island, the outpost only boasts 100 inhabitants, predominantly researchers and military personnel. Mm-hmm. However, those with longer-term contracts often bring their entire families without their appendixes wow. to the Spartan settle- settlement, which consists of, like I said, a post office, a small school, a bank, and rudimentary facilities. How would you like to be a bank teller? What if you got robbed? <laughs> on Antarctica. That's the Will Forte show I want to watch. Um, so the preemptive appendix extraction might sound a little sadistic to some, but it was implemented for a good reason. The nearest hospital is 625 miles away from the northernmost tip of the island. 625 miles. Is it? Is but it's not a hospital on Antarctica, right? It's a hospital in like. Uh in uh, like Patagonia or something? Probably. It doesn't say on here, but I would guess that's true. Um, but yeah, so 625 miles away. So if you suffered from appendicitis, an affliction that requires immediate surgery to prevent it become life-threatening because of the limited healthcare options, people are discouraged. Oh, people are also discouraged about getting pregnant while they're there for the oh, same yeah, reasons. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fascinating, right? Yeah, like, that is... is really very fascinating. Uh, these aren't the only precautions people take while living in Vias Las Estrellas <laughs> in Antarctica, of course. I mean, pretty amazing. As temperatures can plummet to minus 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't even think it got that cold on Earth. What? Yes, exactly. Yeah. But if you watch Antarctica, you're on the ice. You will. All right. I'm getting into it. He's into it. <laughs> Uh, take your CBD pill and check out. <laughs> Citizens are required to stay indoors, a risk freezing to death. The winter here, for in the winter here, we could not leave our home for weeks. Um, 
This is why most people only reside in the colony during the summer when the mercury hits a balmy 36 degrees Fahrenheit. See, you were right, Kurt. You, you know your stuff. And don't even think about bringing your pooch along to keep you warm. <laughs> Dogs are banned on the island to prevent Makes prevent them from transmitting diseases oh. to the local wildlife. Oh, I, what? I would assume it was just because you can't let your dog pee outside when it's negative 100 yeah, I've seen Thing. I know that aliens can live inside of dogs. An octopus. An octopi. Um, yeah, you're not allowed to have dogs there. But despite the harsh environment via Las Estrellas boasts many tourist-friendly attractions, most notably, I'll give you a guess, Kurt. A uh, hot tub. Penguins, which are famously <laughs> gregarious. Because of their protected status. They're gregarious. Oh, yeah, because nobody can fuck with them. So they just come up and smack like smack you in the face. When I'm thinking about animals that should be considered <laughs> gregarious, I'm thinking I'm thinking grizzly bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking uh, maybe a seal. I could see a gregarious seal. I can see maybe. that. I'm thinking penguins, because if you live in Villas, Las Estrellas, you can also go ski and snowboard expeditions. You can travel to the nearby Billingshausen to learn about polar auroras. Sounds pretty fun to me. What? You can go snowboarding in Antarctica? You can ski, snowboard, and snowmobile. I guess you like snowmobile up and then you you need two snowmobiles. Okay, I see. It's not like there's a ski resort. I see. Yes. All right. And for all our uh, all our big internet fans out there, which is every single person listening to this podcast, <laughs> the base even has internet access, even though it's reserved for the school's three computers. <laughs> <laughs> Your eBay box might take a minute to arrive. But anyways, that's pretty cool. I don't know if there's ever been a podcast done on Antarctica. I'm guessing uh, scientists down there probably have one. I'm going to look into it because if not, it's tough to get down there. It is very list. difficult yeah. to get down there. I know Metallica played they a did. show there. Metallica was the first band to play a concert there, yeah. and they're the fucking best. We love Metallica. Kurt opened for Metallica. I did open for Metallica because our uh, our, our our my buddy Rocky is she's a booker, a comedy booker, and her husband is like just either like best friends with Metallica or something. I don't know what the connection is, but then she just called me up and she's like, Hey, do you want to open for Metallica in San Francisco? And I was just like, Oh uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, it's got, they just has to be clean. Cause it's like, a um, a, uh, a, a benefit. And it's just like, you know, it has to be clean. It has to be non-political. So I thought of you and I was like, I got it. I'm just going to talk yeah. about dumb, dumb stuff. And yeah, it was, it was super fun. It was a really fun yeah. show. They and then gave me- you a bottle of whiskey? They gave me a bottle of Metallica whiskey. I, I, met, I met everybody in Metallica. They were very all friendly. They came and asked me about myself. I was just like, this is crazy. You didn't have to do that. Because um, they usually have, uh, what's the guy? They're the biggest band of our lifetime. Yeah. Metallica is the biggest band in the years since 1980 or whatever. They're the big, they sell out more seats, they sell more albums. There was one thing where they went on tour nonstop for three years. That's they played so for crazy. over a million people in Russia. And my dude, Curdy B, opened for them. <laughs> they gave him whiskey, got picks with James Hetfield. <laughs> It was very pleasant. It was very pleasant. It was that a bit crazy so that the that they like you know I was like oh we're gonna see Metallica, uh, and then it was all acoustic. It was all acoustic Metallica. I was like this is like for like 
Like, I'm not a giant Metallica fan, but yeah. I definitely was like, I definitely wanted to rock out, and it was more like, and I was just like, oh, this is, oh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a song I But it was very nice. I, I'll open for you anytime, Metallica. They have not called. Um, well, Scotty, we did it. That is another episode of Bananas, folks. Come and see us live. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to Exactly Right. Thank you to Katie Levine, our producer. Thank you to Lisa Maggot, our intern. Thank you to Scotty Landis. Thank you to Curdy B and our benevolent overlords. Come on out. See us live. The shows are so, 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 so fun. They're very fun. We love you. All right. Get back to the rat race. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bonero. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 